Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Saturday, February 4th. And boy, oh boy, did we get a doozy of an employment report. Better than expected. There was something for everyone. There were 517,000 jobs created. The unemployment rate edged down to 3.4%. That's the lowest level since May of 1969. And the previous two months were revised higher. The whole year of 2022 was revised somewhat higher. We had monthly job creation last year, 401,000 and 517,000 in January. It smoked the expectations. Analysts were thinking there were going to be 175,000, maybe 200,000 jobs, and we get 517. So what happened? I mean, there was widespread job growth. Leisure and hospitality added 128,000 jobs. Leisure and hospitality has now recaptured 94% of the jobs it lost during COVID. It's amazing. Professional and business services adding 82,000. Healthcare, 58,000. There was uh, just one little one-off category that that helped, but, you know, not going to be repeated was a 74,000 increase in government employment. That was partially due to the end of a university strike in California. But, you know, it was like everything seemed to be pointing up. Even temporary services, which had been falling steadily since last March, now adding positions. So I don't know. It's a head scratcher. Uh, It certainly does give credence to the Fed raising rates and why they raised rates, thinking that job growth still remains pretty strong. From the Fed's perspective, I think the good news here is that wages or wage growth has started to decelerate. And, you know, that's important because we really have to be careful about wage growth, because as it creeps up, we have more money in our pockets. Well, then don't you worry about a thing. We're going to go spend that money. And that can contribute to inflation. Look, it was it was good. It was a good report. Um, I think the Fed's going to probably keep going with rate hikes at least another quarter of a percentage point in March, maybe more after that. We'll have to see. And also got to wait to see whether the uh, inflation data start to improve even more. With that said, let's get the show started. It's Matt from Philadelphia. 
I help my mom uh, with her finances, and we have a, uh, a question, and we're looking for some guidance. Okay. So my mom is uh, 67 years old. She is retired. She is single, and I am her only uh, child. So it is um, pretty much up to me to help her and uh, as she gets a little bit older here. Fifteen years ago, she took out a long-term care insurance policy with MetLife. Uh, she did something very smart, trying to protect herself, trying to protect me, um, etc. As you know, um, these policies basically are allowed to sort of increase their premiums. Uh, I shouldn't say as much as they want, but they can, uh, you know, increase them pretty aggressively on an annual basis. Most recently, we've seen a 33% increase in the premium. Um, we're trying to figure out, should she continue to pay into this insurance? when the premium keeps going up and there really is no end in sight? Or are we better off basically saving the money and trying to allow it to continue to grow in other ways, but we wouldn't have that protection that we think she will probably have to you know, use at some point. Okay, tell us a little bit more about mom's financial life. Um, does she live alone? She does, she lives alone. Um, she's, uh, like I said, she's retired. She, she brings in about $2,500 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not gonna be a whole lot of increases with that, obviously, Social Security and a pension. She doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, liabilities. So she, the 2,500 is enough to cover. Okay. Um, she's got about $400,000 in savings uh, it, that are is in an IRA, so it's retirement money. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time she has to withdraw it, she, you know, she is looking at a tax burden there. And at this point, when the annual bill comes for the long-term care, she's just taking that money from her 401k to pay the annual bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how about money outside of retirement? Any money in the bank? You know, nothing other than a, you know, really quick rainy day fund, right? So maybe mm-hmm. about $10,000 or so in a, in a rainy day fund, but nothing, nothing major. She's basically relying on her income. And then every year, uh, if she needs additional money, you know, we just pull it out of her IRA, but she's, You know, her ultimate goal is to try to preserve that IRA money as much as she possibly can so that if she does, you know, something happens to her, she does get sick, you know, she's trying to avoid laying a burden on me, which obviously I appreciate. Um, So she took out this policy. She's got a a nice policy. It's, you know, $400 or so a day uh, that would allow her up to $500,000 in a lifetime benefit. Um, So we've paid about Forty or so thousand dollars into it, forty-five give or take, um, in the last fifteen years. Mm. But the increases are coming fast and furious, and we're really just trying to figure out what's our best me- best method here. Okay, and does she rent or does she own or her residence? So she owns her um, she owns her home. She actually pays a land rent, so she owns like a modular home, and mm-hmm. she owns the structure. She doesn't have a mortgage there, but she does have a rent every month. So she pays about. Uh, between five and six hundred dollars a month on the land rent. And what is the property that she owns worth? Uh, probably about a hundred. Okay, so have you spoken to MetLife about some options? Um, and and this is what I'm thinking: four hundred dollars a day is like a souped-up long-term care policy for real. Like that is you're you she's staying in like the uh the the four seasons of assisted living <laughs> if she does that. You know, like that's a really big benefit. So there's two thoughts here. One is who cares? Are you in good financial shape yourself? Yeah, I am. Okay. So like at the worst case, if she got rid of this thing, forgetting about the $40,000, which feels horrible that you, you know, oh, I didn't use it. But think of it as like, oh, it was expensive car insurance. I didn't get hit. You don't think about that, right? You say, oh, thank God I didn't need it. 
you could basically ditch this policy, which now is what's the premium right now? So they just part of the reason why I sent you the email was because we got the notification again. So the current premium is eight forty one a quarter, uh, and they want to raise that to nine thirty two a quarter. And it's going to and it is going to keep going up. So, I mean, this is not an insignificant amount of money. Right. And so there's the choices are like, screw it. I'm going to let it go. We're not going to use it. And she'll save that money. There is a case for that. The reason why there's a case for it is that she lives alone. If she went through all of her savings. Right. And uh, was then, you know, finally qualified for some sort of Medicaid or assistance, you know, it would be okay. Like there's no one else relying on this money. You know, if you were with somebody, if you're, if you had, uh, you know, if there were a partner or a spouse who was actually also, you know, counting on that $400,000, then you're in a different situation, but she's alone and has one kid who's financially secure. So you could be like, okay, we're done. Alternatively, you could just simply say, wait a minute, I don't have to get rid of the whole policy, but what would happen if you're, you went to MetLife and said, Hey, what would the cost be if we went to $200 a day? We went. We want to drop that benefit down. What would the cost be? And I don't know if it would be a dollar for dollar reduction. You know, in other words, I don't know if they'd say it's exactly half. But my guess is that if she might feel a little bit more comfortable instead of paying 3700 bucks a year, right, if it were like, 1800 or two grand a year, she might say, okay, I have a baseline of coverage. I could use that. And if I needed care, I could tap into that. You know, she'd have some coverage, not full coverage. And then she wouldn't feel like she's plowing through all of her savings. So I would first go to MetLife and see if there's other alternatives. You know, this is really about her. If she really says, I don't feel comfortable getting rid of it, then... You can keep it. But if you're going to keep it, I would start to think about a reduced amount of uh, daily benefit because that's the only way you can really control the premium cost to you guys. And it is going to keep going up. There's no doubt because they all misprice these policies. I don't think she's in financial peril. This is really about her being able to feel good that she has some coverage, not, you know, the Cadillac of coverage. So at what point? from a daily benefit amount because I'm, I'm pretty unfamiliar with the cost of what it takes to put, you know, a parent in, in a home or something along those lines. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure those costs are obviously also going to continue to rise. But if you were me, what daily benefit amount would you say, okay, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm comfortable with right now. So right now we're pushing $400. Would you, would you be okay cutting that in half? She does have $2,500 of month of income no matter what. So essentially, I would say that the $200 a day would be your minimum benefit. Plus, she's got her $2,500 a month that's coming in. So that the $200 a day plus her $30,000, I think, gets her into a decent place. She's, you know, 100 grand or so of coverage will get you, should get you a private room. Now, if I've misstated this because Philly is a much more expensive area and I'm not clear about that, then you would have to be pulling some money out of your retirement savings. But I would say not less than $200 a day. Yeah, I think ultimately what we just need to make our decision about is, you know, we're pulling this money out of her IRA that we that we have invested, you know, in Vanguard every year. And my and my mom is is in good shape. She's healthy. I think I think it could be a good 15 years or so before she would have to use this. So, you know, you're talking about 3 or 4 or 5,000 dollars a year for the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Out of her out of her IRA, 
you know, so not only are you pulling it out and paying the tax, but you're also giving up the possible gains in the investment, right? Exactly. So I think that's just where we're kind of. Yeah, I mean, if, and, I, and, I just wanted your perspective. And, and I, and I, so my inclination when I first heard your story was, oh, we're done with this policy. But I do want to make sure that we take care of your mother's needs. It's her money, and we need to kind of check in with her and make sure she's cool with that. If you, like Matt, would like to join us on the program, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and uh, check the little box. Mark does everything else. While you're on the website, subscribe to the Jill on Money free weekly newsletter. It's really great. Mark, that may be the best thing that came out of the, the first book was that newsletter. Definitely, actually. So um, I would absolutely encourage everyone to do that. All right? Good. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work. Change your wealth. Change your life. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 